And so she was able to receive uh, by proving him, saying, well, let's just see if that's what's going to happen. She judged him as faithful. You know, faithful is someone who does exactly what they say they're going to do every single time. And so, you know, the Lord had proved himself to Sarah. And, and so, you know, it took her a while to get there, right? She wasn't there immediately. But it says that, she, that Sarah herself received strength. So, uh, and it says through faith that she did that. So it wasn't Abraham's faith. It was her faith because she had uh, watched uh, Abraham. She had watched the Lord operate in Abraham's life. They said, you know, this God, because they were, they were heathens, right? They were, they were pagans before uh, they got into the covenant of Israel, uh, or really the covenant of God, because Israel didn't exist then. Uh, they were pagans before that. They worshiped the moon god. So, you know, she's, she had no doubt seen the moon god be unfaithful to whatever things the moon god, I don't know what the moon god would do or say, uh, so no doubt she had no faith in the moon god so when uh, Abraham started getting connected with this other god you know uh, as far as she could tell it's just, uh, different gods same things right uh, no difference in the last god uh, but this one was different so she developed faith in this new god because she got to watch Abraham's life and when he recovered Lot when he uh, fought the five kings uh, when the Lord promised him that uh, I'll bless you uh, 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 bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, and I bless you everywhere that you go. Uh, and she saw him. She saw his finances increase. She saw his blessings increase. Uh, and over a period of years, she was able to develop uh, faith, her own faith, uh, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So whatever promises that God had done before Isaac, she had seen all those promises come to pass. So in her estimation then that he was faithful, having done these other promises, then he's faithful this this one big promise, which was to give her a child. Uh, and so she had, of course, had a child up to that point in time. And uh, in fact, she was past age. Uh, and, you know, it's just like the Lord. He wants to make sure that there's no question, because if she wasn't past age, you know, people could say, well, it's just normal. You know, uh, anybody can have a child at that age. Right. Uh, and and then, you know, they would have questioned whether it was the Lord or whether it was supernatural or whether it's natural. And so she knew, she knew in her own heart, you know, I know that I'm past age. I know that I'm incapable of having children. I know that, you know, they, they said that her womb was dead. Uh, and, and so, uh, but she, she proved the Lord faithful, amen. And, uh, you know, it's good, it's good to, uh, especially as, as you're developing faith, you know, start with things that are small that, that um, you can believe God for so that you can prove him and judge him faithful because he is faithful. Now, you can believe him for big things, but a lot of times we uh, we'll wait till we're on our deathbed and we want to believe God and, well, you haven't proved him. You know I mean? You don't know. You hope that he was so. But see, uh, Sarah had proved him over and over again, just like with David. When he, when he went to Goliath, uh, he said, you know, I, I have fought the lion and I fought the bear. He said, you're no different. I've proved the Lord with the lion. I've proved the Lord with the bear. You know, the first time you go up to a lion, you go, well, I don't know. She reckon it's going to work. And now he believed God, but he didn't know yet um, until he, he went to uh, attack the lion. And he went in the name of the Lord to attack the lion that was, that was no doubt threatening uh, the sheep that he was a shepherd over. Uh, and, and he got the victory. And then the bear came. Uh, and he said, well, you know, the Lord took care of the lion. You know, uh, I imagine the Lord will take care of the bear. These are his sheep. I'm just the caretakers of these sheep. Uh, and so he attacked the bear. Sure enough, he got the victory. 
And then he got to Goliath, and he's like, lion, bear, Goliath, Fred, Bob, Joe, doesn't matter. Uh, I've proved the Lord over here, proved the Lord over there. This just a thing, right? Uh, you know, the Lord never said there wouldn't be a Goliath in your life. Uh, but uh, have we proved him? You know, a lot of times people just, they want to take on the biggest faith. Uh, they want to go straight to Goliath, never having seen the lion and the bear. They want to go straight to having a child in the past age, never having believed the God for anything. I believe the Lord God for anything. Uh, and I know people, I know, uh, in fact, a friend of mine got sick one time. And I remember, you know, I'd known this person for years. And in all the years that I know, them, they, they preached healing. They even laid hands on the sick. But I never saw them one time receive healing on their own by faith. Uh, and, uh, and I was concerned, in fact, you know, expressed it to them. I'm concerned that, you know, having not developed faith, you know, it's really hard to develop faith when you feel bad, right? Now, if you feel bad and the Lord has, has got the victory for you with the lion and the bear, you know, you can power through because I know I've got the victory. I know I could do this. But if you feel bad and you've never seen the lion, you've never seen the bear, and now you want to attack Goliath, it's a lot harder. You know, it can be done. You know, the Lord is gracious and kind and merciful. It can be done, but it's just a lot harder. If you've, if you've never done it, because that question, is he going to come through, is there? Will he do this? Now, the answer is yes, he will. But can you believe that he will? It's not, about, it's not about his side. It's about your side. Can you believe that Goliath can be destroyed uh, with a rock, with a pebble, you know, five smooth stones? Uh, these weren't big rocks, you know, giant rocks. These, are, you know, the, the, these things were the size of a half dollar maybe that would go into a sling, right? So that you, didn't, you didn't sling you know, a big rock size of a potato. You, you slung these rocks that were size of a half dollar or something. You, know, you didn't uh, sling a grapefruit at them. You, know, you couldn't throw it hard enough or far enough. Uh, so he got these small, smooth stones, uh, and, and, you know, Goliath had the spear, like, like a weaver's beam, right? You ever seen a weaving machine? They have this giant beam, and, and, and they, put the, they put the material in there, and, and it's, you know, as wide as the carpet or the rug, whatever they're weaving, and it's that wide. So they're, they're large uh, pieces of wood, uh, and his spear was as big as that. You know, most spears are really skinny, you know, like a javelin and small. You know. His was a giant piece of wood because he was a, he was a giant. Uh, and so uh, David comes to him with a rock. Uh, and, you know, uh, if, it, if the rock had hit his armor, it had just bounced right off him. If the, art, if the rock had hit uh, his armor bearer, you know, I'm sure Goliath would be like, well, sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have cared. Uh, but no, the rock hit the exact spot, you know, and, and so uh, why is that? Well, because David had been proving the Lord over and over again. So it's to your benefit to, to you know, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. It's to your benefit to live by faith, to practice faith, to look for opportunities to, to be in faith, uh, and, and to develop your faith so that you can be like Sarah and you can judge him faithful. You know, faithful as he's done it every single time he said he would do it. Uh, now, you know, it, see, if you just do it from a mental standpoint, well, I know God is faithful because the Bible says he's faithful. That's fine. But have you proved him faithful? Have you known him to be faithful in your life? Have you seen him do it in your life? Uh, Sarah got to see it. David got to see it. Amen. Uh, other people have seen it. Uh, and so, there, there, and there's really no good substitute for that. You know, that, that one fellow I was telling you about, uh, he never did get faith uh, to get healed. In fact, he died of that sickness and disease. And even before he died, he blamed other people for him not getting healed. Because he said, well, the Lord uses you for healing, 
and I'm not healed, so it's your fault that I'm not healed. Now, that's pretty tough right there, right? Uh, <laughs> and he never said that to me, because if he said to me, he's like, ain't not my fault, you know, you died, it's on you, not me. Uh, and so, uh, because that's, t- I mean, that's really a terrible thing to, to, to put your death on somebody else, and it's their fault for not having faith. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that says that, you know, you're, you're responsible for somebody else's faith. I'm not responsible for your faith. You're responsible for your faith. Especially, you know, if you've been in the Word for years, if you've walked with the Lord for many years, uh, the Lord has an expectation that you will walk by faith, that you will do these things. Uh, and uh, that, of course, the church has gotten in trouble over the years for not developing our faith. You know, we want the Lord to move in a sovereign way, like the stirring of the waters in John chapter 5. We just want the Lord to do that, because and, and, when the stirring of the waters, first one that got in the waters got healed, right? The, the man at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, but the problem with that is that it requires no faith. So uh, the next time, next time the waters stir, you, you don't have any more faith than anybody else does. It's just something in the natural realm that you can do. Uh, and that's fine. We thank the Lord for those times that do that. But could they guarantee when the water would be stirred? No, there's no guarantee. Did they, did they know how long it would be between? Did they, know long, did, did they know how long it would last? They didn't know any of those things. It was completely sovereign. But the nice, nice thing about faith is when can you exercise faith? Anytime you want to, right? Right, right now would be a good time, right? Um, yesterday would be a good time. Two days from now, maybe too late for you to exercise faith, right? And so, uh, so prove him, judge him to be faithful that promised, right? So, he, so who promised? The Lord did a promise, right? He promised I would heal you. He promised I will be the Lord your healer. Uh, but that's not good enough. You have to believe that. You have to choose it because he, who's he the healer of? The whole world, right? I mean, is there anybody in the world that he's not the healer of? Well, why, why isn't he healing everybody? Because everybody hasn't proved him and everybody hasn't believed that he's their healer. Amen. You can believe he's your healer, which is great. Uh, but he's, he's actually right now the healer of everybody. But, but uh, uh, Paul said that all men have not faith. And it wasn't just all the world. It it's includes the church in that statement too, right? Because he said all men, right? Just not all people outside the church. He said all men, right? And, and, and that's not, that, that includes women, right? Because really it's all mankind. All of mankind doesn't have faith, right? He says, well, that doesn't include me, you know? It's just the men. Uh, and so, uh, but... All men have not faith, and unfortunately, that's the church, that's the world. You know, that includes all human beings, that everybody in the world does not have faith. Now, that they could, right? Everybody has the capacity to have faith. In fact, we know that uh, Romans 12, 3 says that God has given all of us the measure of faith, right? If once we become born again, we all have a measure of faith. What we do with that, it's up to us, right? We can exercise it, we can increase it, we can advance it, or... Uh, we can let it shrivel on the vine and never to be used. Uh, and, um, uh, and so let's be like Sarah and prove him. Amen. Let's be like Sarah. And, and, and uh, did the Lord, did the Bible say it was wrong for her to judge him? No. I mean, she, they, she got written in the, in the hall of faith here. Uh, this, uh, all of these people, she got lumped in with all these great people of faith. And it says, by faith, she, she conceived. Right? So it was her faith. She developed faith. Uh, and so she was recorded here for being faith. Because if, if we didn't have this witness, you know, we might have said, well, Sarah never had faith on her own. Abraham had faith for Sarah. And we wouldn't have given Sarah her, her rightful dues to be a person of faith. 
No, I mean, uh, Abraham did have faith. And, and initially, Sarah did not have faith. So Sarah had to develop faith. You know, and I have noticed this over the years that, you know, some people, you can just say, God's a healer. Sweet, where do I sign up? Some people say, God's a healer, and they go, you know, I have to think about that. Let me get back with you. And you say it again, you know, God's a healer. You know, I keep hearing rumors of that, but I don't know. Uh, and, and it'll take them sometimes years to believe that, right? Years. And, and a lot of it's got to do with they grew up the whole time in, in church, and church saying, God's not your healer. Yeah, I, I didn't figure he was. Uh, and, and then when they become adults and, and they find out the truth that God's a healer, you know, it, sometimes it takes a while to overcome that, right? That training and teaching that, that God's not the healer. You know, if everybody would, would go and ask for a refund for all the bad doctrine they were taught, you know, we'd do all right, amen? Uh, you know, uh, uh, you taught me that over these years. I gave, you know, X number of dollars. I'd like to get a refund because nothing you said was so, right? None of those things were true. Uh, God is my healer. God is my provider. He is my protector, amen? He's my deliverer. And you said he had just, uh, he's up in heaven with a two-by-four ready to get me. Uh, and that's not true at all, amen? Uh, and so... Praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 11. We'll get started there today. Um, and so this chapter here, uh, we're on chapter 12 of uh, Dr. Yeoman's book. And this is a pretty short chapter here. Uh, and so um, in this particular chapter, she kind of pulls out her doctor's hat for just a minute and talks about some things here. And that's good. I think it's, it's a good, uh, I thought she brought out some good points in this particular chapter here. So she's uh, reading... Um, uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 2 and 3, um, and or, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. It's like, this is not right at all. Um, but Luke chapter 11, 2 and 3 is the correct one. So let's start in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples came, uh, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we typically will read the version of this same prayer from Matthew's rendition, right? Matthew chapter 6, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it's very similar, but you know, um, uh, it's, uh, Luke's is a little bit shorter than the version in Matthew. Uh, and, and the point that she wanted to bring out is in verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Uh, and, and she goes kind of, goes off on a, on a, not really a tangent, but it goes into some detail about that, that, you know, the, this provision that what we're asking for when we're praying for this is, Lord, provide us the things that we need to sustain our lives every day, right? Give us day by day our daily bread. Uh, and that's a valid prayer, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, um, you know, people will look at this and say, well, you know, it doesn't include water. So, you know, uh, you can't be asking for everything. You just only ask for bread. Uh, you know, I think it'd be okay to ask for a little meatloaf every now and then, right? And chicken leg, you know. Uh, it's not limited only to bread, right? Uh, you know, people, oh, it's only bread. You know, God only provides bread and nothing else. Um, and, and yet, if you go back to Matthew chapter 6, he says, you know, consider the fowls of the air, right? They don't plant, they don't, they don't reap, but who takes care of them? The Lord takes care of them, right? Uh, the Lord in my front porch, because I've got a lot of birds in my front porch all the time. And, and, and um, uh, but they, do you see them out there with the tractors, you know, plowing the North 40? No. You see them out there in food lines, uh, getting, getting uh, food stamps from the government? 
No, but who takes care of them? The Lord does, right? And, and um, uh, I remember Dr. Dufresne loved Matthew chapter 6, and, and I don't, it seemed like every time you were with him, he somehow brought up Ma Matthew chapter 6, you know, consider the birds, uh, the fowls of the air. And he said uh, one time, uh, he said, you know why the Lord used birds? Because he could use anything, right? They use rabbits. You ever seen rabbits, you know, uh, uh, with a little cup there begging for money or anything? You know, uh, you know, a dime, a carrot for, you know, a carrot for the poor. Uh, no, there's no rabbits, you know, uh, begging for food on the, you know, with a little sign that says, you know, we'll eat carrots for food, you know. Um, no, there's no, the, the Lord takes care of the rabbits too, right? In fact, he takes care of the whole animal kingdom. And, but the one thing that's unique about birds is birds are found on every single continent on the earth. And other animals are not found on every continent, but birds are found on every continent on the earth. Every piece of land on the earth has a bird somewhere. Uh, and, uh, and so everywhere those birds are, the Lord's taking care of them. So everywhere you are, is the Lord going to take care of you? Hey, surely he will, right? I mean, he said, how much, Jesus said, you're more valuable than a sparrow. Now, some people, you know, especially all these people that love to elevate nature as being deity, you know, nature's not deity. Nature is subject to us, right? We are above nature. We're not below nature. We're not equal with nature. We're above nature, right? In the, in the creation of, in the establishment of creation, we're the ones made in God's image and God's likeness. Uh, the dirt and the rocks and the trees are not made in God's likeness and God's image. They're there for our benefit. Uh, and, but they love to elevate animals to be equal with human beings or just as important as us. Not really. No, the Lord gave us those things for us to eat, right? Uh, and um, the Lord didn't give us as food for the lion, even though lions sometimes have eaten people, right? Uh, that's out of order. Uh, and so, uh, so we are more important than sparrows, right? We are above them. We're made in God's image and God's likeness. Uh, and so I know that may make some animal rights people upset, you know. That's not true. We're the, you know, they're no more valuable. Uh, human beings are no more valuable than that. We are. We are actually absolutely more valuable than the animal kingdom. Doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of the animal kingdom. Doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of the earth. We shouldn't dis, uh, mistreat the earth. It's a gift to us, amen. So we should treat it right, amen. Uh, so we shouldn't uh, uh, abuse it and those types of things. And some people treat the earth almost like a religion, right? And, and so that's a whole different discussion. And we don't want to go down that path all that much. But she said, give us this day, give us day by day our daily bread. And so she spent a lot of time talking about how you know, this prayer, there's more to this prayer than just, you know, well, uh, the Lord delivering a loaf of bread to our, our doorstep because uh, when you eat that bread, what has to happen? Your body has to uh, take that bread, right, and then convert it into energy for you. Uh, and so it's not just, uh, Lord, I want this bread because if, uh, you know, bread, uh, people that are diabetic can't eat a lot of bread. Is that right? You know, because bread can have a lot of sugars in it and, and um uh, and she talked a lot about diabetes in particular or, or blood sugar. So one of the things that uh, when you eat food, a lot of the food gets, gets converted into sugars that your body uses for energy. So you, the, a primary energy source uh, of your body is sugars, right? That your body converts from the food that it consumes. Uh, and I skip about a bunch of steps and I go straight to the sugar sometimes, right? Just, you know, uh, in fact, uh, sometimes Chris will make like homemade biscuits. If you take a homemade biscuit uh, and then you cut it open, you put like a little bit of butter on it, and then put like a teaspoon of sugar on top of that, and then nuke it for about 30 seconds, you know, just raw sugar, just straight, you know, uh, uh, straight sugar there. Uh, it's really good. You know, anybody ever had that? You know, you never had that? Oh, yeah, see, uh, I don't know where I came up with that creation, but you know, you've had that. Yeah. 
Yeah, with my, my, when I take a biscuit, put butter on it, sugar in it. Really? Jared likes it, right? You like it, Jared? Jared's like, oh, yeah, just, oh, yeah. Uh, and so, you see, you can skip a bunch of steps. You go straight to the sugar. It, it saves a lot of time there. Uh, but uh, so when you're, when you're asking the Lord for, for daily bread, you know, you really, it's all-encompassing, right? Because you want to be able to eat that bread. Uh, and, and what is it against bread? People get against bread. You ever notice that? There's so much, some, uh, d- these people that are all, all these fancy diets and stuff. Oh, I don't eat bread. It's carbs, you know. It's awful. It's carbs, you know. I don't eat bread. Isn't that right? Bread's carbohydrates. Is that right? I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't really care. If it's in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Uh, and so I don't eat that. And yet Jesus said that he's the bread of life. I just have a hard time. Now, look, you do whatever you want to. None of my, and this is not a medical statement. This is a statement from the word of God. Jesus said he's bread, so how can bread be bad? Uh, and I, I just can't, I just have a hard time believing that bread is bad for you if Jesus said he's the bread of life. Now, if Jesus said he's the broccoli of life, I would be suspicious. I'd be like, Jesus, have you had broccoli? I mean, or the collard greens of life? I mean, you know, or, or, or you know, uh, the, the liver and onions of life? I mean, we'd all be like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, I mean, he said that, you know, just like a friend of mine one time said, why is it wrong to be meek? What do you mean, why is it wrong to be meek? I mean, it seemed like it's a good, right? He, he said, the meek shall inherit the earth, right? He's, and so, blessed be the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So that's when, in fact, we talked about that in the Beatitudes. But a friend of mine said, why? It's got to be wrong to be meek. So why? Because the earth is awful. Who would want to inherit this? So we thought it was a bad thing to inherit the earth, right? And so he's thinking, okay, then there's something wrong with being meek, right? And so if Jesus said, I'm the liver and onions of, of life, be like, is, it, is, that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing, right? I mean, I don't know. But he said he's the bread of life. He didn't say those things. And so, so, I mean, it just seems like that, that would be a good thing, right? And same thing, he calls us the salt of the earth, right? You, and, and, oh, you salt, you know. I remember we had this uncle, every time you use salt, oh, that's a killer. That's going to kill you right there. You, that salt is going to kill you. Uh, just putting a little salt in your food, you're going to kill you. And they loved saying that, right? Uh, and and uh, don't you know people that way? You know, you eat anything. That'll kill you. That'll kill you. Well, your attitude's probably going to kill you long before this little uh, piece of salt's going to kill me. Now, I remember I asked somebody one time, they were here, I said, hey, you want something to drink? We got some diet sodas. Oh, I don't put that poison in my body. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, but I hear you say the worst things that are much more poisonous than a, a, uh, a can of diet soda, right? Uh, Jesus said it's not the things that go into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of him that defiles him, right? I just got gossip about people, run people down, you know. And I'm thinking, that's way worse. Jesus said that's way worse. And whatever you bring into you, it's way worse what you expel out of you. And yet people's like, I don't put that poison in my body, you know. But you let poison come out of your body all the time. Uh, and, and so, again, uh, you don't eat bread. I don't care, you know, fine. I love bread, you know. I love chewy bread, crunchy bread. I, just, I love, I don't, I don't, do I eat a loaf of bread every day? I don't eat a loaf of bread every day, you know. So, I mean, you can, uh, you can no doubt get into trouble with anything, right? But, uh, I mean, we, anybody used to remember white bread? You know, by law, as a child, you had to eat white bread, you know, just bleached white. I mean, there's not a, not a bit of, of, uh, uh, of value add in that bread. They bleached it all out, right? It's still not bad for you, but, but it'd stick to the roof of your tongue, your roof of your mouth. Remember that? You take a big bite of your sandwich, it stick to the roof of your mouth, and especially if you ate peanut butter and jelly with that white bread and... I mean, he's white, just, and that may be why I'm so, I ate so much uh, white bread growing up. I'm as white as they come, they come now. Uh, and so, uh, but you know, along the way, I got, I, I started eating other kinds of bread and they're, they're pretty good, right? Whole wheat, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, but 
the, the, her point here is when she said, uh, God, give us day by day our daily bread. So you really got to believe God for the whole, the whole deal because you eat that bread, you have to be able to chew that bread, so you need teeth to do that. You know, you got to be able to, to convert that bread to, to, so you need all the, you know, all the enzymes in your saliva has to break that down into its components and it has to go into your stomach and all your, you know, there's acid in your stomach that has to break it down further and eventually convert it to sugars. And then, uh, and then your pancreas has to, has to produce insulin to take that sugar. Then, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor, so you know, if I get any of this wrong, you can't sue me because this is not a medical statement here. But the, but the insulin then breaks that sugar down where your cells can use it, can convert it to energy. And, and so if you, if you're diabetic, that insulin's not there, and that sugar will start to increase in your bloodstream. And so you can't eat things a lot of sugar. You know, some people eat, you know, they're diabetic. And they'll, I want a slice of cake. Well, I mean, uh, and, and they'll do it. They'll take a slice of cake and a shot of insulin immediately, right? Uh, and so, uh, so when you're, you know, when your pancreas isn't working right, you have to be really careful what you eat because your body is generally wants to convert everything eventually to sugar for your uh, for the energy for your cells and also nutrients, right? There's a lot of other nutrients, and again, we're not trying to have a medical discussion here. Uh, but if you think about all the steps that that any food goes through before it's actually useful to you, right? until it actually can something that your body can use because just having a piece of bread doesn't help you, right? You can't take that bread and inject it into your veins. Well, you could one time, and then you'd be dead, right? Because you'd be a blood clot, and, you'd, and you, would, uh, you would die immediately, right? So you wouldn't do that. But, but eventually that bread, just like everything else, is going to be converted into the energy that your body needs to, to operate in this life. And, and so, you know, when you're believing God for your, for your daily bread, the, the point that she was trying to make is, it's really the whole process, right? From the time that you receive the bread until the time that it's converted into a form that your body can use effectively uh, 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 to do whatever it needs to do, right? Uh, and so, and, and I know in this area here, you know, to me, this is always an area of concern for a person of faith that I have. When I see uh, how the body of Christ elevates food almost to the point of deity, right? That it's got to be this kind of food, and it can't be that kind of food, and it has to be perfect. And, uh, and I'm just, because uh, I'll say, well, you know, God wants you to use moderation. And, then, and of course he does, right? You can't, you can't live just on donuts every day, you know. I've tried for about six months, it doesn't work. And, and, and so, um, like, every day only donuts. But, you know, you, you have to have a moderation, right? You have to have, and your body generally will crave the things that it needs, right? And, and so, but sometimes we can elevate uh, food almost to the point of deity that unless it's just you know organic all these things and and people hey you got you don't be eating all those all those uh, all those hormones and things that shoot up and you know stuff's got to be organic and uh, and you know Paul talked about eating food offered to idols he said it's fine right uh, and, and uh, you know when when they offer food to idols this may be hanging in a tree for three or four days before they get around to offering this food to idols, right? This is not necessarily food they've kept at, you know, 36 degrees, you know, uh, with, uh, preser with preservatives and things. This is stuff that just, you know, they just grabbed off a tree hanging up there for three or four days. Uh, and it's not going to be the best food in the world. And Paul said, just eat it. You know, it's just whatever's put in front of you, just eat it. What if it's not good? Eat it, you know. What if it's what if it's, you know, what if it's got botulism or whatever? You just eat it. Now, look, you've got to find your own faith in that, amen. Uh, but um, I know when we went to Africa one time, 
you know, when you go, to, when you go outside the United States, you know, we, we, we drove for like three or four hours from where we were out into the bush country in Africa. And, and we didn't see, like, there's nothing. I mean, it was, it was where we were at, and then three or four hours of nothing, and then an orphanage showed up. I mean, so I don't know how they got there because there, there was nothing between here and there. Uh, and, uh, and we got there around lunchtime, and, and it's fairly common uh, that when you go uh, on trips like this, that all they can do is feed you, right? They can't really, they, they can't give you an offering. Not that we want offerings or anything like that, but they can't give you anything, really. All they can do is feed you, and that's their way of honoring you, right? And so that's fair. And, 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 uh, and you know, you let them do that because uh, it, it's the greatest joy for them to provide for you when you arrive. Uh, the only problem is, you know, what are they eating? Well, when we get there, you know, uh, we didn't know what we were eating, but we could smell what we were eating, right? So they hadn't started cooking it, but... but uh, they're, they had some kind of a dead mammal that they've been hanging on a tree, waiting for us to get there for days, right? And so there's no refrigeration, right? There's no, there's no preservatives. It's just, you know, keep it off the ground so other animals don't grab it. Uh, and so, uh, so it's just sitting there, just kind of rotting after three days. What do you think is happening after three or four days? You think that's good to eat? You think that's healthy for you to eat? You know, in, in the healthy sense of the word, right? The way, the way our society uses that word. Um, well... I can't imagine eating spoiled meat would be the best thing, you know, high on your list of things to do. You know what I'm going to do? You got any spoiled meat, you know? That's what I want. Well, why is it spoiled? Well, because it's organisms that are eating it ahead of you, right? That's why it's spoiled, because something else is eating that meat while it's sitting in the tree, right? That's why it smells bad. Uh, and so, so now you're not only eating the meat, you're eating these other organisms, flies and, you know, uh, uh, larvae of flies, right? Because flies land on it and they... they lay their eggs inside the, the, the uh, meat, and then the, and the, the, they, they get born, they start eating the raw meat, and, and, you know, a lot of it, that's why it's spoiled, that's why it smells bad, and so, so we get there, and, and uh, they're like, well, we're going to fix you dinner, we're going to fix you lunch, and, 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 you know, we're all great men and women of faith, uh, and, uh, you know, but at the same time, we're thinking, God, you love us, there's a way out of this, right, there's always a way out, uh, and, and so, because even, even, if, even if you believe God that, that you can survive it, which, you know, we believe God we're going to survive it, doesn't mean you want to eat it, right? Here's some spoiled liver, you know. Uh, thanks, and uh, please, you know, let me have that. Uh, so, you know, if, if you had a choice, right, without offending anybody, would, would you take the choice? Well, sure you would, right? I mean, you know, and so, so uh, it was taking a long time to cook the dead meat. I don't know why it took a long time to cook the dead meat, but it was taking a long time to cook it. And so, so they finally said, hey, uh, it's taking a long time. Uh, would it be okay if you guys just ate some rice? Now, it's hard to mess up rice, right? I mean, it's, I mean, you could, I suppose, but it's really hard to mess up rice. And we're all like, you know, just for your benefit, we'll just eat the rice. You know, we, we could wait for the spoiled meat. You know, that'd be okay, but, you know, we don't want to put you out or anything. So f just for you, we'll, we'll eat, just eat the rice, right? And so that's what we did, you know, and we're all thanking the Lord Jesus that he loves us that much. And, uh, and, and of course, but, but the one guy, he's from Texas, right? And I don't know why Texas, why if you're from Texas, you got more faith than people outside of Texas. But for some reason, I'm from Texas, you know. Okay, is, does God shine, especially uh, on people from Texas? I mean, is there some special faith given to Texans? I don't know. If you're from Texas, you know, no, no offense intended, but I'm from Texas, you know. He, all, you, all you people, you know, you're just a bunch of sissies, won't eat this meat, you know. And we're like, it's not, we're not sissies. God loves us, right? Uh, and so he said, I'm going to go eat it. Fine, you can have my share, right? I mean, I will, you can have, all, you can have my share, you can have his share, you can have their share, or you can have all of them. 
no problem. You know, we'll be glad to prefer our brother over ourselves. And so, uh, so he went and ate it. He took one bite. He had to leave the building and, and go spit it out behind it. Because you can't spit it out in front of him. That would insult him, right? So you had to go find some hole in the back of the... Because whatever it was, you know, uh, spoiled meat cooked is still spoiled meat, right? And it's just nasty. And, and so, look, again, uh, if I'm somewhere, I'll eat whatever's in front of me. Amen. And, and uh, I'll believe God. And I've never been sick on a trip that I know of. I don't guess I've ever been sick on a trip from eating anything. Uh, and, and so, and I'll believe God. Now, if you, if you have to, you believe God, right? It'll be fine. But if you don't have to eat, if you don't have to eat it, then fine. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, even in that, you know, you've got to believe God that whatever you consume, that not just the, the provision of the food, but the provision of the health of your body is capable to eat that particular food, right? Uh, and that's, that's an area of faith that, you know, people can, people can use, you know, if eating some food uh, won't kill you, but, you know, maybe it's not, uh, you know, some people, certain kinds of food bother them, right? And so that, you know, that could be an area of faith that you work on, amen? That, look, you don't do it if it's going to kill you or anything like that, right? A friend of mine, if he ate a spoon of peanut butter, uh, it would kill him. He's that allergic to peanut butter. He can walk into a building, like a restaurant, if they're using just peanut butter or peanuts to fix food, he, his tongue will start swelling up. Just walking in the building uh, and not even eating any peanuts. Uh, and so, but could you believe God that uh, that, that no longer has a, a um, control of your life? Well, you could, right? Now, you'd have to do that by the direction of the Holy Ghost, right? You, you shouldn't do that. Well, he said I could just eat whatever. Well, the Bible says you could eat whatever, but, you know, all of our bodies are different. You need to find out where your body is at, right? Uh, and all of our bodies, you know, they're not perfect, right? They are sustained by the life of God. Uh, and although they were originally designed to live forever, currently they will not live forever. And so there are limitations to your body, right? All of, all of our bodies have limitations. And we need to find out where those are at. And we then believe God to shore up those limitations to live a full and long life on this earth. But it will not, it will not last forever. Amen? Uh, so there are limitations to all of our bodies that you can, uh, you can uh, be aware of. And then you can believe God for that area. So if it's, if it's something like bread, well, I can't, can't eat a lot of bread. Well, you know, I'm not sure that you need a lot of bread anyway, but a lot of anything in particular. But, you know, you can use faith to overcome these areas to where you can eat certain things. And, and um, you know, but you don't have to use faith. Like I've never used faith to, to get where I like collard greens. And, you know, I could, but, you know, uh, you know like my friend, he, he doesn't have uh, any desire to use faith to eat peanut butter, which is beyond me. I can't imagine, you know, not believing God to eat, be able to eat peanut butter. Uh, but, you know, for him, that's fine, right? So uh, the, the, point, the point that she wanted to make in this is that, that when you believe in God for these provisions, that uh, you should believe God for the whole, all of your systems to work and function properly, amen? You know, some people, their, their bodies can't, can't uh, absorb certain types of nutrients. And I know a friend of mine, they, they can't absorb uh, potassium. Uh, you know, you can eat, uh, get, or it doesn't produce potassium, Right, so whatever you know, it's supposed to, uh, whatever way it's supposed to produce potassium, uh, they can't produce it, so they have to supplement it with, with uh, vitamins, right? Vitamins that produce potassium, uh, and so uh, that's an area that you could believe God for, right? Uh, that, uh, uh, but you don't just quit taking your your medication; you believe God for it, Amen. And then if the Lord instructs you to do something different, then that's fine, Amen. So, uh, and, and I thought that was a good point that. Although we ask him for the for the daily bread, it's also that uh, our bodies are able to completely 
uh, consume that, that uh, provision that the Lord gives to us and is able to use it effectively to cause us to live uh, strong, healthy lives in this earth. And that's one reason why we pray over our food, right? That it's, that it's blessed and sanctified, set apart uh, for our use, uh, apart from any sickness or disease that's in it, right? And, and so if we'd eaten that polecat, you know, I don't know what that was that was hanging that tree there in Africa, but if we'd eaten it, even if it had been it tasted gross, we would have believed God that it, it, it wouldn't harm us, right? Uh, I know we were, we were in uh, uh, Latvia one time, and um, they really loved this, uh, this pig liver spread, right? So they took like the pig liver, they put it in a blender, and, and they turned it into like a loaf of stuff that uh, kind of like butter, but really thick, you know, fatty butter, right? And, and it was pink. So you take this, uh, you take this spread, you take a, a knife, you know, and you put it on toast, whatever, and you eat it like, like butter, right? So it was like liver butter, uh, which just sounds pretty appetizing, right? And so a friend of mine, he's from Zimbabwe. He was there, right? He was a pastor now in Ireland, but he was there and um, he's eating this, right? I get there for breakfast. He's eating this, this pig liver spread on toast. And I said, well, is that good? He goes, oh, pastor, it's just wonderful, you know? And so I got some of it, took a bite. And I looked at him and said, you lied. You lied to me. That, that's just, this is the worst. I mean, it's just, uh, now can you imagine, does it sound appetizing? You know, uh, pureed pig liver, right? Uh, and... Um, uh, uh, no, it's disgusting, right? Uh, uh, and so, but did I eat it? I did eat it, you know. I wasn't going to, you know, in, in front of the, our guests there, I wouldn't do it. But now, privately, I told them that he lied to me because he did. He just lied. Like, now, he liked it, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, but we're still praying for him, so. Uh, and so, but the, the, there was no concern that it would cause me harm. But, you know, I eat whatever I like, amen? And, and uh, you eat whatever you like. Uh, and so, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But whatever we eat, we should believe God that it brings no harm to our bodies. Amen. And in that, you have to find the balance of that because a lot of people will use that to take that to an extreme. You're saying I can just eat water all the time and that's sufficient. I never said that, right? Uh, you, you find the path that's right for you. Amen. Uh, and, um, uh, and, if, and if you get out of, out of order, you know, one thing that Brother Hagin said a, a, uh, oftentimes uh, he said he never diets or anything like that. He never, he never uh, was on any diets. Because some people, I know one time we did the, uh, uh, we went out to the college and they had uh, a deal where you could go as a church and set up a little booth, you know, and, and uh, talk to the students that came into school. And so we did that one year. And uh, we thought, well, you know, students like ramen noodles, everybody have ramen noodles? You know, ramen noodles are great because they're cheap, right? I mean, they're like a quarter I guess they're probably more than that now, but when we were around, they were a quarter for a pack of ramens, right? So for a quarter, you could, uh, you could eat lunch. Uh, and um, so they're just noodles, right, with, with, a, with a, a little uh, flavoring that goes with them. And so we gave out a bunch of them, but we had a bunch left. So we, we, we thought, well, you know, this would be easy to get rid of because everybody likes ramens, right? Everybody likes ramen. And so we started asking some of the faculty, you know, and you thought we were pushing drugs or something. Like, oh, those are, you know how many carbs are in that thing? And, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't give any to the, to the professors. You know, they're all like, oh. And one of the guys was from, uh, from the Philippines. They, they actually have restaurants called ramen. That's the name of the restaurant, ramen. Uh, and so, and what do they serve there? They serve ramen noodles. Uh, and no, I, it's just the carbs. You know, I don't eat all those carbs. So they, they didn't eat any of those carbs. But, uh, and so, uh, but, but whatever, uh, whatever you're eating, you know, uh, Brother Hagen said, that uh, he never diets or anything because uh, he eats whatever he wants 
he said he just doesn't eat like a pig. Uh, and that's what he said. He doesn't eat, eat like a hog is what he said. He doesn't eat like a hog. And that's really the issue a lot of times is people overindulge in anything, right? Whatever the thing is, they were overindulge in it, whether it's, you know, red meat or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and I just, you know, I think if it's in moderation according to the word of God that you have the right to believe God that you're going to be fine. Amen. Uh, and of course now, because if you look at our society, it's, it's every week something is terrible for you, right? Well, don't eat this. Don't eat sugar. Don't eat, don't eat salt. Don't eat this. Don't eat that, you know. Uh, and, you know, and I think back to what that, you know, but Paul said you can eat whatever you want as, as, uh, as long as it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, he didn't know about all those hormones. So when the Lord wrote that, he didn't know that, this, that, the Lord, that we would have these giant agricultural companies, right, that were producing all this food uh, on conveyor belts. He didn't know that. So uh, I guess that we should, we should X out that verse right there in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, just say, well, that, that's expired. That, that just like, you know, the expiration date on food, that verse is an expiration date. That once we got into a civilized society where they produce everything in, in these factories, that the Lord doesn't cover that case. Well, is it worse to eat uh, a food that's shot up with hormones or food that's been sitting in a tree for three days? I mean, which one's worse for you? I don't know. You know, is there one where I don't know? I'm not a doctor, but I know what the Lord says. I know what the word of God says. Amen. So now you got to find that path for yourself because you say, well, pastor, I just do whatever I want to. And then you go home and get into a, you know, sugar coma and you call me, you know, this is your fault. Yeah, my fault. You know, you find out what works for you. Amen. Uh, I'm not prescribing any food or lack of food to you. Amen. Uh, But whatever you do, it should be done in moderation. That's the point, right? Uh, And if you can eat, you know, collard greens in moderation, I, I suppose that's possible. Then eat collard greens in moderation. Amen. Uh, could you overdo that? Well, I'm sure you could, right? Uh, and so, so, but, you know, what I, my observation in the church is we have elevated food almost to the point of deity, that uh, we, we almost worship food, right? It, and it's not quite as bad as it used to be. You know, there was a time when it was just, you know, uh, I mean, if you ate a donut, they would call you up and demand that you repent, right, in front of the church, you know. <laughs> you get up here. You know, what'd you eat? Oh, I ate a donut <laughs> on your knees, right? I mean, and just... <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, uh, you know, it got to be really ridiculous, you know, and we just pulled that from the world. Where did we get that idea? From the world. You go outside the United States, do people care? They care less, right? In the United States, we elevated food to, to, uh, to deity, and we bowed down, you know, uh, uh, you know, at the organic food, and we treat the, the, the donuts like it's from, the, from hell, you know, and, and, and of the devil, and and bacon, I mean, bacon will send you straight to hell, right? It's like, have you ever had bacon? I mean, you know, bacon's got to be from heaven. I mean, have you ever had it? I mean, I mean, you eat a slice of bacon and angels sing. I mean, that's pretty good stuff, right? And, and so it's, uh, uh, but again, well, you mean you eat bacon? Well, yeah, you, uh, you know, you don't eat bacon? I feel sorry for you. <laughs> you know, oh, you, wow, you know, it's like, uh, but some people, if you told me you ate bacon, it's like, oh, I, can't I had a guy come in the church one time, you know, I believe in the New Testament only. You know, this is, we're, we're supposed to live in the New Testament only, except I don't eat bacon. Boy, that's an old te- Where'd that come from? Old Testament. Uh, and, and so people are funny. The, the, the amount of, of drama that's in the church related to food is just is out of order. We are out of order in that. You, do, you find out whatever works for you. Amen. You eat whatever makes you happy. Amen. Whatever, whatever you enjoy. That, and, and that's fine. Don't put that on somebody else. Amen. Uh, I remember one time uh, uh, the Lord told somebody I know, he said, uh, 
stop eating french fries. Well, you know why the Lord told him to stop eating french fries? Because every day he was eating french fries. Every single day. He, he would walk in the store and they would see him and he, they would, before he even said anything, uh, we need a number one with french fries over here for this guy, right? And a, and a giant, you know, whatever. Uh, and so, well, what's he, he was out of order, right? If you eat every single day, I mean, I love, I love a peanut butter jelly, but I wouldn't eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich every day, you know, and I love peanut butter. Now, you go to Europe, there's a, you, I've heard rumors that people in America eat peanut butter and jelly. Is that so? That can't possibly be so. Well, yeah, have you ever had peanut butter and jelly? I mean, you know, now, now if you've ever had one of my peanut butter jelly, I mean, one of my peanut butter jellies, you know, I mean, it's intense, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, Chris puts on peanut butter and jelly. She, she doesn't even put the peanut butter. She just puts the, uh, moves the bread over the peanut butter. It never actually touches the bread, but that's her peanut butter and jelly, you know. Uh, I put on peanut butter and jelly, and I just turn the jar upside down, right? And it just, you know, and, and, and then uh, have a little bread with my peanut butter and jelly. But, but I don't eat, eat, eat it every day. But this, the Lord told this fellow to stop eating French fries. You know, I've got no problem because sometimes you've got to do that because you're out of balance, right? You're out of, you're out of, you know, you're not being temperate. You're not uh, having any, uh, any moderation in your life. So sometimes the Lord says, for you, you've got to stop doing that. And that, that's fine. And that, that, that will happen, right? If there's something that you're eating too much of, uh, oftentimes the Lord will say, well, you know, that controls your life, right? And if it's controlling it, I have to have it. As soon as you say you have to have it, you're out of order. Amen. Because everything, you know, we choose to have it or not have it. Uh, amen. If, it, if the choice has been removed from you because of your addiction to it, and people do get addicted to food, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, along with that, you know, in America, we think that unless you weigh a certain amount of money, uh, you're out of order. You know, I just, the Lord's made all of us different. Amen. And I don't know of anything in particular, you know, you've got to find that out for yourself. Some people are just bigger than others, and they will always be bigger than others. Some people are smaller than others. You know, I had a friend of mine, skinny as a rail. You go to his desk drawer, you open it up. I mean, it would look like the Hershey's factory, right? He just can't, all he eats is candy all day long. Candy, sugar, you know, he probably consumed 5,000 calories a day. Skinny as a rail, he'll die skinny as a rail, right? Someday when he dies, you know, I'm not saying he's going to die. I'm just saying when he, when he does that, he'll, you know, they'll just put him in a tube. He won't have to have a casket. Just, you know, put him in a little tube, and, and he'll be fine, right? And, um, and he's that way. He'll always be that way. Amen. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we demand that, that people look a certain way, weigh a certain amount. I think whatever, whatever the Lord leads you to do, then that's fine. Amen. Uh, and, and I think we get out of balance at the, you know, demanding that people look like a magazine all the time because uh, we get in trouble. We start uh, replacing, uh, replacing, replacing the word of God with, uh, with marketing stuff. But this fellow started telling everybody else they shouldn't eat French fries. Don't eat French fries. Well, you know, well, why not? He said, well, the Lord told me not to eat French fries. And I said, well, can I have yours? I mean, you got it. I mean, you, you can't eat them. Can I have yours? Because the Lord never told me to stop eating French fries. Because, number one, I'm not out of balance in that, right? I mean, I eat French fries maybe once every couple of weeks or so, if that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's just, well, you shouldn't eat the, all that fried fatty food, you know. I eat fried fatty food every day. Uh, and, well, how much should you have? It's none of my business. It's not, a, it's not of anybody's business except you and the Lord, right? Whatever you find works for you between you and the Lord, right? Not just, because not just, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to tell your body no. Sometimes it's good to, no, I'm not eating that, right? Sometimes, you know, it's good not to eat the last bite of food because your body's so craving it. Sometimes, no, I'm, I'm going to sit there and watch it, right? 
Now, in my life, I, I rarely ever get to see the last bite of food because you ever had kids? All the kids want your last bite of food, right? Now, if, you, if you're married, your wife wants the middle of the food, right? She wants you to eat all the outside crust, get all the hard work done, and then she wants to eat the middle of it there, you know? And so uh, I've heard rumors of people do stuff like that. And, and so, but, you know, in all of these things, you know, when, when you're asking the Lord to provide provision for you, you really need to be your whole, all of your systems. Lord, whatever I eat here, my body's going to take it and it's going to process it correctly. It's going to provide me the nutrients and the energy that I need to operate in this life. And I understand, you know, if you're like an athlete, uh, you know, like a world-class athlete, you know, there, there are things that you can eat and things you can do that, that will really optimize your energy level. Uh, but your average person who just, you know, uh, just living day to day, I don't know that you need that much uh, uh, attention to your food because food becomes a religion. Uh, and you've got to be careful about that. You know, nothing wrong with, you know, we go to these cooking classes sometimes and it's just, uh, it's just entertainment and we learn how to cook all these things. And it's fun, you know, to go to do that. Uh, but it's a lot of work to, I mean, do it from scratch. You know, you've got to go out and raise your own wheat and ground it to flour. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work to do all that. Uh, uh, and look, if you want to do that, i got no problem with it. But you've, you've got to make sure that, you know, if you're out there growing your own wheat to produce your own flour, you don't put that on everybody else. Well, unless you're growing wheat in your own backyard, you know, you're out of the will of God. Well, is there any book, chapter, and verse for that? Thou shalt grow thy own wheat. There's no book, chapter, and verse for that. So enjoy that. Do that for your own self. And make me a loaf of bread. Be fine. I'll eat a loaf of bread. Uh, but, but be careful about pushing your... your desires and your thoughts on somebody else amen because there's very little in the word that says especially in the new testament old testament lots of things you can't eat new testament paul said whatever you eat as long as it's as long as it's blessed and sanctified by the word of god in prayer then it's fine including up to and including things offered to idols right uh you know many people would would think if you ate a, a chicken offered to idol that you'd get a devil in the new testament i mean people i know would oh you can't eat that you know it, it was offered to the satanic temple it's, if it's a chicken leg, I'm eating it, you know. Well, don't you know it was offered to... There's no other gods except for the Lord God. There's, I mean, they offered to a dead God. But the dead God can't do nothing to it, right? Do they, do they put a little spices on it? You know, they've got 11 herbs and spices. I don't know. If it does, you know, it's probably a pretty good chicken leg. Uh, and so, but people get really bent out of shape about food. And when people get really bent out of shape of food, you know, it seems to me that they've replaced the word of God and faith with their religion of food, Amen. You do what fine, works for you. You find out what the Lord, if the Lord says don't eat something, that's fine. Don't eat it. Don't eat it, eat it ever again. Amen. If the Lord says back off on it, you back off on it. If the Lord says start eating certain food, you do those. You follow the will of God for your own life. Amen. Because everybody's body is different and you can't make a law that works for everybody because it's just not going to work. So the best law is you find out what works for you and you do that. Amen. And then when you pray, Lord, uh, give us uh, day by day our daily bread. It's not only giving it to us, but when I consume it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do what it's supposed to do. It's not going to cause me harm. And if there's any harm in it, then the Lord can suppress that harm and you'll be fine. Amen. Uh, and so, and really, and that's as far as you should go with food. Amen. If you go anywhere beyond that, you start getting beyond the word of God. If you start demanding that it's going to be organic from, you know, the plains of Nepal or something, uh, you know, you get out of order from the word of God. Amen. Eat whatever you enjoy. If you love, you know, seafood or whatever, you know, uh, oysters and, and uh, you know, clams. I mean, I know people eat stuff like that, you know, but uh, uh, personally, I, you know, 
it doesn't seem very dead or cooked to me, right? I think a, a good vet could save it, but, uh, but people like that. And, and I don't care, right? I'll make fun of people, you know, just in jest. Uh, you, mean, you eat that? Wow, that's disgusting, right? Uh, but, uh, but I don't care. I really don't care. Uh, none of my business. You know, people eat whatever they eat. And, uh, and Chris has been all over the world. They eat all kinds of crazy food outside the United States, you know, duck heads and all kinds of stuff, right? Uh, and so weren't you served a duck head one time? Uh, and so sea anemones, right, sea cucumbers. You think sea cucumber, it sounds pretty good, sea cucumber, but it's really an animal, right? It's not actually a vegetable, it's an animal. Uh, and, it's, and it's disgusting, right? Did you say it was gross? It's like the worst thing you ever ate, right? Uh, uh, and so, I mean, that's worse than a duck head. It's got to be pretty bad, right? And so, uh, but they eat stuff like that. Well, that's fine, right? None of my business. And, and, and let's stay, what I would encourage the church to do, let's stay in faith, right? Let's stay in faith for what's in front of you because what we eat here is different than what other people in the, in the world eat. Uh, people, you know, people say, well, America's diet's just horrible. Well, it's, it's really the issue is not the, the diet so much as the quantity that we consume. Amen. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this, and we'll go. I know several years ago we decided we'd, we'd start tracking how much we ate, right? We've got a little app there. You push in what you click a couple buttons, you tell it what you ate. Uh, and what I realized after using this app for a while is I eat like a pig. I mean, I eat like, you know, twice as much calories because I'm not really active, right? I'm not like you know, a marathon runner or anything like that. I'm not playing soccer or sports or anything like that. You know, I get up and I go to the couch and that was my day, right? And then I'd get up and go to bed. I mean, you know, so I, I did a little bit more than that, but you know, uh, for a long time, I wasn't very active. I'm a little more active now than I was. Uh, and so, uh, but I didn't need to consume that many calories, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grazer, right? If I'm sitting down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start eating. That's just a bad habit on my part. And so just tracking that, I realized, well, I'm just eating too much food. Just, uh, and so I would just back off and just backing off the food, you know, not, nothing else. You know, I lost a lot of weight uh, and, um, and, you know, uh, and really uh, I feel better after all my meals because I don't eat. I used to eat till I was just like a beached whale, right? You eat and then you, 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 you wheel yourself away from the table and you go, go on a beach and lay down because that's all you can do. And, and you realize you're just consuming too much food, right? Uh, and, so, um, and so, but that was for me. Well, how much is too much? Well, however much was too much for me, right? It, it's different than how much is for you. Uh, and so, you know, in that, the Lord showed me that I was out of balance. I was out of order in doing that, right? Uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, well, I don't know if it was that or not. I was going to say maybe because the way I was raised, you know, we didn't have a lot of food growing up. Uh, and so I was probably, try, probably trying to catch up from all those years, right? We were never starved or anything like that, but uh, sometimes all we would eat was vegetables. Can you imagine that? Only vegetables for a meal? Like, like when co the corn came in, that's all we'd eat for dinner, just corn. And a big giant pile of corn, and we'd all eat a ton of corn. Uh, and, uh, and that might be the whole meal. Uh, and, um, and so that's fine. So let's walk in faith, amen? You do whatever works for you. I, there's no rules. None of, I'm not going to make any rules about what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, how much you should eat, how much you should not eat. I'm telling you, you find out what works for you by faith, and you follow that. And see, it'll take all the pressure off, because there's so much pressure about food in our, in our society, and it's out of order. So much pressure about food in our churches, and it's out of order. Let's find the balance of these things. And people will make all kinds of cases about this from the Word of God, and there's none. There's none in the Word of God other than moderation and prayer. Amen? And if you do those two things, you're generally going to be okay. Amen? And then the third part of that is, what's the Holy Ghost telling you? Amen. If he's telling you something specific, then you follow that. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for, the, uh, for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for the faith of God. And, Father, we thank you that 
just like Sarah said that, uh, that she obtained faith, she received faith, Father, to overcome her circumstances because she judged you faithful that had made the promise, that, that if you made a promise, she found out that every time you made a promise, you carried through in the promise. And so, Father, we choose to believe that, that uh, if we pray, uh, and Lord, give us day by day our daily bread, then we know that you're faithful to do that. And not only faithful to give us the bread that we have need of and that we desire, Father, but also that we're able to consume the bread and it provides sustenance to our bodies, strength for our bodies, the energy that our bodies need, and our bodies are well able to consume it, to process it, Father, to convert it into the energy exactly and only as our body needs, Father, nothing more, nothing less, and it's well in balance. And, and if there are constraints that you desire to put on our individual lives, Father, by either the Word of God or by the Spirit of God, we will listen and obey, Father. If there are things you tell us to consume more of, then we'll do that. If there's things that you tell us individually to consume less of, then we'll do that because you know exactly how our individual bodies work. And if there's things that we need to believe you for, Father, we'll do that. And so, Lord, we ask you to grant unto us wisdom, understanding in these things, and peace, Father. And to get out, off of this, uh, the, this condemnation cycle, Father, about the foods that we consume or don't consume. Uh, Father, there is no condemnation in you. You have not condemned us, Father, for, for things of such low importance as food. Uh, Father, they're just a, a way to obtain energy to complete the will of God in our lives, to be able to get up and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so, Father, we need to de-elevate the value of food in our society, Father, in our churches. Uh, Father, uh, you haven't given us food to worship, to bow down to, Father. You've given us uh, wonderful things to eat and to consume so that our bodies have the energy to be able to do exactly what you instructed us to do. And so we thank you for that, Father, and we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, just real quick, I was just, uh, as we were praying there, just one other thing, and I just want to mention this, and then we'll receive an offering. You remember the story in John chapter 4 where Jesus was at the woman uh, with the well? Uh, and if you remember the story, he had stopped there at the well, and he sent the, the disciples on to go and to obtain food because he said he was tired, right? And so he was tired, so I'm going to rest here. You, so he had a physical body. It was not capable of, of, uh, of uh, going without uh, food or sustenance. It needed food and sustenance, just like every, everybody else's body did. And so he rested, and the, the disciples went into town to buy food. And so he's there at the, at the well. He talked to the woman, and it was a great interaction. And they came back, and they said, uh, Master, eat. Uh, and, he, and he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Uh, and they were like, did somebody bring him food? You know, what's he talking about? And he's, Jesus said, my meat or my sustenance is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So, you know, there, there is a place where the Lord can sustain you even supernaturally. Amen. Now, it wasn't infinite, right? Jesus did eat at other times. But in, in this moment, you know, some people, they think as soon as they get the smallest little bit of hunger, they have to go eat now. Right? I, have, I have to eat now. And, and as soon as they say, I have to, you're out of the will of God. Amen. Jesus was hungry and tired, but by helping this woman out, he was completely sustained by the will of God. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And so sometimes you may have to go without food, right? Sometimes you may have to go without food for maybe an extended period of time. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. I'm not saying do a 40-day fast. I'm just saying that, that there are times when you're in the will of God and needing any particular food or sustenance is unnecessary if you're in the will of God. Amen. Now, again, 
Is there any rule or law that you have to do that? No, there's no rule or law. But it's just an example of uh, how many times we try to elevate food. I have to, it's 3 o'clock, I have to eat right now. And I can't eat past 6 p.m. Law, don't eat past 9 p.m. Who made that rule up, right? Well, there's reasons for it. I don't buy it, I don't, you know, because I don't see it in the Word of God, amen? Now, look, if, if it works for you not to eat after 9, no, no problem, right? I mean, I drink a cup of coffee sometimes at 9 o'clock. You know, I'm just uh, sitting there, and then, uh, I think I have a cup of coffee. Oh, I can't, I can't. Doesn't bother me a bit. I'll go right to bed, you know, and sleep fine every time, right? And so, you know, you do what works for you, uh, and it's fine, right? No condemnation at all. Uh, and so, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And look, this message will make some people really, really happy, make some people really, really mad. People that worship food, they're not going to be happy with this message. People that, I, you know, and to me, I just could care less about food. I mean, I, I love food. I like eating food. I like eating good food. But it's just, it's just not that important to me. Amen. It's just, it's just, you know, somebody's got to be, oh, you know, he's got all this presentation, you know, and stuff. Uh, and that's fine, right? If you love all the, the way it's presented. And we, we enjoy these things that we do, you know, and it's fine. But it's just, in the, in the things that are important to me, it's just way down here, right? Uh, finding the will of God for my life is way more important, amen? We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, to receive the offering. Uh, and so, again, uh, did, is anybody offended because of the message? Uh, did we say anything that wasn't the will of God, the word of God? I mean, we just read what the word of God says, right? Uh, and so, Jesus said, pray, give us a day or daily bread. Unless you're on a low-carb diet, then you're just, you're just too bad, right? Uh, you know, uh, and so... Uh, we, we have gotten way out of balance in so many things in the body of Christ. Uh, and, and then uh, the sad part is, is we take the word of God and we, we bend it to align with what we think you should do, right? We bend it, you know, don't eat too much red meat. The Bible says don't eat too much red meat. Well, where is that? You know, they'll just, they'll make it up, right? Uh, and I, I just, I don't see any of that. I think it's just way out of balance, way out of balance from the word of God, amen? Uh, and so be blessed, don't be mad. Um, <laughs> Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll see you all next Sunday.